0: David, what How? a haircut. Thank what you so haircut. much. And you. Thank Elegant. You. Elegant. I, new brush cut and a hoodie. Uh, went to my favorite new salon in your backyard. That's right. We did a day of beauty in my backyard. Um, friend of a friend is a hairstylist. She does house calls now. Everyone I know was looking for a little cleanup. So I put it out to a couple of couple of folks who put it out to a couple of folks. And then all of a sudden we had a full salon day booked in my backyard. It was great. Um and I'm very pleased because, you know, we took no length off, but we but we we tightened it up. We shaped it. It's and- Gore, I'm so happy you didn't because I thought
1: that you would have done the thing where You know, you've had long hair for a while, fuck it, shape it all off. I'm so glad you preserved the juicy length.
0: Thank you so much. Um, You know, so I was pleased about that. The main thing that I learned is that a haircut takes seven minutes and anything beyond that is theater. Like Mm. we, we just cycled people through so fast. Yeah, that it was just like, oh, this is what this is. And when you strip it down to the bare essentials, it's like, okay, yeah. it can actually be done very well, very quickly.
1: You're right. And I, I do think that there's a certain degree of theater, like just sort of, it's just spending some extra time so that, mm-hmm. so that uh, you know, it, it seems like they're earning uh, their, are they are getting our money's worth. But the truth yeah. is, it's quality over quantity.
0: In terms, that's of time. exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, the the valley is is tightened up.
1: Oh, uh, by the way, I have to report a. I have to issue a correction. Um, oh. Last week, when we were talking about books, uh, you may re- we were talking about what we were reading and our, all of our you know homophilia book club selections, and I was saying that for the Jane Club, I was reading the the book club selection. So here's the thing, I, a new member of the GN Club, got the email about a book club, quickly, you know, plug the title into uh, Amazon, not proud of that, but it yeah. pops right up, I got the book that I was telling you about, The um, Lies That Bind uh, by Emily Giffen, which I was surprised, like, how um, light it was, because yeah. the Jane Club is like a pretty high-minded establishment. very, very Like a lot of like roots in activism. And um, it, it's, it's sort of a highbrow, smart um, culture there. And so Sorry. I was like, oh, oh, I, I would have thought the Jane Club book selection wouldn't be this, which was like truly borderline Harlequin romance, this thing yeah. that I'm reading. But again, I'm fully into it. Um, it's just like a uh anyway it doesn't even matter what it is it's just like a bullshit romance i'm gu- i'm a good like 150 pages into it and i get like a reminder email about the book club and the cover looks very unfamiliar and then i realized that i am reading the lies that bind by emily giffen again like fiction uh, uh like mm-hmm. schlocky romance the book was the lie that binds by, I believe it's Elise Hogue, which is like a real hard-hitting look at like anti-choice politicians and like just a completely opposite end of the oh, spectrum.
0: Shit, well, so at least I, you learned it now and not at the meeting of the book club.
1: Sure, I mean, I'm, I'm still gonna show up to the book club and give my take on the book that I read.
0: Yeah, I think you should. Um,
1: but uh, it, anyway, I apologize if I led anybody astray with that recommendation and they got the wrong book
0: <laughs> i love it i got uh sugie Bane by i believe douglas wilson i forget exactly who wrote it um and i'm 40 pages in and i know that it's going to destroy my life and take mm. over for the next week or so it's beautiful um oh th- the other major uh pop cultural moment Hmm. Of 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 richness and depth and beauty was last weekend's verses. Oh. Uh hashtag cella with uh Gladys Knight and Patty Labelle. Um if you haven't read uh former guest R. Eric Thomas's uh review of it in L Magazine the other day, we will post it on uh, our Twitter feed. He has the exact right take. It was it was perfect. Uh she she kicked her shoes off, and I rejoiced
1: it really was you know i i I, you might have seen on my instagram stories i had just propped the phone up and when patty labelle was doing somewhere over the rainbow obviously that is a very uh, uh precious song to so many of us me especially and her version of it of all things just like and so i was just like soothing myself, like swaying back and forth alone, eating an ice cream bar, and then Michael (laughs) filmed filmed it. And it is truly like the most unflattering image, but it was, and I'm not one to ever post a picture or video where I look bad, but it was just too good to not
0: share. Oh, I'm going to need a full theatrical release of this. If anything's going to get us back into the theaters, it's that. It It was just, and then so fucking... Dion Warwick. Came yes, out. I was mean, just watching,
1: it. you texted me, and I thank God I got back in for for Dion.
0: I was like Charlie Brown getting hit with a line drive when she walked out. Oh, it was just a cloud and a, a sock went flying. I just, I, 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 I truly lost my mind. It was absolutely perfect. What a great series! The pride out of nowhere. Do we know any of the uh, the upcoming ones? No, we don't. I don't. don't. No. Um, I had a moment today, um, where, so I, have been biking in Griffith park, right? Like we get up early in the morning. Sometimes I meet a friend or two. Sometimes it's just me, um, uh, park by the pony rides, bike up a- around the the hills, around the observatory and, and, uh, and the Greek and all that. And it's uh, it's great. And it's a good early morning workout and all that kind of thing. So went and met a friend to do that today. Um, And, and the air seemed okay. I mean, it was hazy and, you know, whatever, but it was fine. And then we, and then we climbed the hill and then we're up and up and up. And then we got to the top of the hill and it was like, I can't breathe. I fully, it is as I, I, it's like, I have a cigarette in my mouth right now. Everything smells like a campfire. Um, My friend Matt was a a little bit behind and I was like, as soon as he comes up, I'm going to suggest that we just turn around and cut this short and go back down the hill um he pulls up behind me and goes let's turn around and cut the short and go back down the hill so yeah. we so we did and as we went down the hill map for about 3 quarters of a mile next to us as we we're like flying down this hill a uh, a buck like a 10 point buck just trotting alongside us keeping perfect pace wow like bounding like gracefully just bound and like it clearly enjoying it. Like, Hey, you guys we're having fun now. Yeah. And like kept pace with us for probably what was 90 seconds. And we were dazzled, like jaws unhinged. Uh, and then we hit a curve and he, and he sprinted up and went up a hill and we never saw him again. But, but it was just I you like,
1: were say we hit a curve and then, well, he yeah.
0: Walked. And then he went fine. No, he, he, uh, he kept pace and it was, uh, I mean, the thing is, he was just looking for breathable air like the rest of us. It's all it's it's like, don't don't with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Can I do I live with you now? Um, Yeah, it was uh, it was a beautiful moment of nature healing, except it isn't because we're all going to die. But it was beautiful. It was a good 90 second distraction. That is beautiful. But But will
1: you continue to do these bike rides? To me, it seems like you they they got you got to. Press pause on them until the yeah
0: fell. yeah today was a real lesson that uh, it is, we are not we are not ready especially once you get up high, um, but yeah so, as soon as as soon as the A Q I indicates that I am uh, ready to go, it's goddamn gender fire. Oh goddamn gender fire! Uh, I don't want to think Ooh. about
1: it. Um, I was gonna say, say. I mean, what what else? There's there are literally no takes left about that fucking couple with their gender reveal party and except cousins. we still don't
0: know what the fucking gender is I, have we heard from them i don't think we have i don't think we have but after all this like you I, I need a goddamn slice of cake from you with either a blue or a pink filling you know what i mean like i want to i want an apology note and i want a goddamn slice of cake Straight and let people that need a fucking be the
1: end of gender reveal parties forever. that's it
0: that's it that's it. it it all comes out of this like uh reaction video culture that i wish would go away as well i don't i don't care i don't want to watch you watch things that's i don't all. want it. no
1: don't want it. That,
0: that will not survive the pandemic good riddance um, But uh on a much brighter note yes we have a new meat cute story to share we do oh good let's get into it
1: Uh, As everybody knows, we have been soliciting me cute stories from you, and you can send us a voice note. You can send us a letter. We have a letter here. We're just going to do a cold reading of. Okay. Dave, you want to do us the honors?
0: I'd love to. Hello, Dave and Matt. The year was 2001, and it was a simpler time. Boy, don't we know it. I was out with friends at our usual Friday night bar. I had just arrived. And was at the bar getting my first drink of the night. A super cute guy came up to me. Hey, Gino. So nice to see you again. My friends and I are just leaving. But here's my business card. I grabbed my drink and went to find my friends. When I found them, I told them the strange story of a cute guy who just gave me his business card and knew me. But I had no idea who he was. Matt. What? Fast forward one month, I'm cleaning out
1: my junk drawer,
0: and this guy's card,
1: I find this guy's card, and decide to call him. On our first date, he lets me know we had met before. In fact, we had met the Friday night before he gave me his card, and I didn't remember due to the fact that I was super drunk. My bad. He came back the next Friday hoping to run into me again.
0: (sighs) And what happened then, Dave? Uh, this October, we will celebrate our 19th anniversary of being together and five years of being married. And to this day, oh. he still thinks me losing his card in my junk drawer was me playing some dating mind game. Well, we know better. Mm. Gino. Gino. Well done, Gino. I wow. like that. I like that a lot. A lot. That's very sweet. Very uh, sweet. I really like that. Okay, can I... We might want what to edit this out. Through. Oh well, it's just it reminds me of a, a meat cute story in my family. Mm, but I don't job. I mean, do we wanna do we want to get into it? Yes,
1: have, of course.
0: Okay. So I have like so I have a cousin. Um, we'll call her Leslie. Um, who very shy, painfully shy. Um, like just real, you know, real quiet, lovely, funny, but just very quiet, very shy.
1: Age and, range.
0: Um, she is maybe eight years older than I am. And this goes back 25 years. So, you know, like never, never went to a high school dance, like just real, you know, a bit of a wallflower, but very, very sweet. And is always like on the phone with my mom. She and my mom really hit it off. My mom is her mom's sister and uh and so she constantly you know looking for advice and talking about you know when when she got out of college and went to work you know telling my mom about the office politics and whatever finally she moved away from St. Louis moved to Columbus to like start her life single gal out in the town um worked at some bank or whatever and like every Thursday night the people at the bank would go to the local applebees and whatever and have Ooh. some appetizers and that kind of thing so anyway she's living in an apartment complex and like, and a cute young guy moves into the apartment complex with a dog and she has a dog and the dogs kind of start talking, you know, and like getting along. And, and then she goes, you know, right to, to her apartment. Like, Aunt Mary Lou, there's this guy and he lives, whatever. Um, So my mom is like, you, you ask him, you tell him to go to the Applebee's with you and your friends from work next Thursday. Yeah. There's going to be a group there. It won't, it'll be low key. It won't be a big deal. You tell him to come along. So she's like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. She, Leslie do it. So then like, then it's, you know, days before she sees him again, she like works up the, the nerve to like ask him to Applebee's on the Thursday. He's like, sure, sure, sure. Um, Thursday comes around like the whole gang from work. She's like, Leslie's like, all right, hey, it's time to go to Applebee's. And everyone's like, oh, I got to there's, I have a softball game or like, um, oh, I got a, oh, I already I have a date or whatever. Nobody goes. So Leslie goes right to the phone. To my mom, she's like, "No one's going to Applebee's." And my mom goes, "Leslie, you take yourself to Applebee's. You nice go there go. on your own." Leslie, go to Applebee's, and uh, so she's like, oh, I can't get Leslie go. So I t- tell you what, Leslie goes to Applebee's, and uh, and she waits by the bar for a minute, and he is not there. And she like pays for her, you know, t- 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 Singapore sling or whatever the fuck you have in Applebee's. And uh, and she turns to leave. And as she goes, she sees from the corner of her eye, the cute guy from the apartment complex at a booth for two. He flags her down. She goes over and he was like, hey, listen, I, I, this, I know this is kind of presumptuous because I, I figure you're here with your friends. But I was hoping you and I could just kind of, you know, have, talk and oh. like, have a drink or whatever. They have been married for whatever it is, 25 years. Oh, adorable. Is that the sweetest? Yes, I don't know. Why did you say we might have to cut that out? I, I thought it I was going to take a terrible turn I for Leslie. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so Two kids. Two That's kids. Very happy life. So I mean, I guess the the lesson is, you know, talk to your inner Leslie, and and get her to fucking Applebee's.
1: Get to Applebee's. Get your I, goddamn I, inner Leslie th- to Applebee's. This I won't even. I won't go into a, a long story about this, but. I when I first moved to LA, I worked this PR firm, and we did a happy hour every week at every Friday at uh, La Boheme. Yeah, and I was the receptionist, so I was like the the, the lowest, uh, you know, the, the saddest person there. <laughs> and um, but my boyfriend at the time would come meet us for drinks because they were free and they were like delicious, yeah. you know. Fancy cocktails, because that was our way of kicking off our weekend. Like yeah. just ch- get as many free drinks into our bodies as we could <laughs> of course. because we couldn't afford the lifestyle we were living where we were like going out all night long every single night.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, he once then only o- and so not only was he coming uninvited uh, um, drinking on the company's tab, but then he once brought a friend and that friend had just come from another happy hour, shows up blackout drunk, we're on the little front balcony at La Boheme. He he uh-huh. runs up to the balcony and climbs over it instead of going into the front door like a human. One of my <laughs> bosses, one of my bosses was a, 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 a lovely middle-aged woman. And she is like, whoa, what's going on with this guy? And she laughs really loud. Like, ha, ha, ha. And he goes, ha, 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 lesbian. And points at her and yells, <laughs> lesbian. And by the way, she was not a lesbian. She I mean, she was someone who, um, sure. <laughs> very stereotypically speaking, we all suspected, but she was not living her life as lesbian. And so, incredible awkward <laughs> moments followed. <Paul>, a lot <laughs> of like talks with human resources after that. Oh and, sure,
0: um,
1: memos about appropriate behavior at happy oh. hour. that oh. clearly, were just about me and my <laughs> bullshit. Um, oh, those were the days. Those were the days. Um, so, amazing guest this week. Oh, filmmaker yes. Rachel Mason. You have to see her film, Circus of Books, about the famed it's bookstore, so great. Cir- just down the street from Wobble by the way.
0: Right, right. Um, a uh, place full of uh, of porn DVDs that remains a, uh, a place to see and be seen in oh, West and Hollywood and Silver Lake. You.
1: Before we go, we should uh, read this uh, lovely little review. Oh, yeah.
0: Took a moment to uh, to give us a five-star review. A liberal fan, we're going to read it. A Light in Dark Times every week. Matt, take it away. Matt and Dave have such great rapport. An honest, witty perspective on pop
1: culture, relationships, and life in general. Queerness not required to enjoy.
0: Queerness not uh... required, but recommended uh a liberal fan thank you so so much um yeah rachel mason the uh the incredible artist director um c circus of books and b dazzled that's right queerness not required to uh, enjoy
1: rachel and circus of books but again highly recommended
0: enjoy We're back with Rachel Mason. Hello, Rachel.
2: Hey, hi. It's so awesome to be here.
0: It is so great to have you. Loved the documentary so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: I love your family and I love your family business.
2: (laughs) Sorry, the way you said that just uh, made me laugh. I don't know why, but there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how are you uh, during... During, during this, this time. App,
2: it's it's good it's just uh you know weird for everybody I'm sure um uh, but you know doing all the the uh, premier events. Well, I guess that all, um, yeah, I don't know. We, we just, you know, found out that we got no, nominated for an Emmy award, which is so exciting. And then yes, thinking Big like, congrats. Oh God, yeah. And then I'm going to just be right here in my office <laughs> during yeah. whatever celebration that is. <laughs> I, I realized like, okay, well, you know, co- cool. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. W- what have you been told to expect for the actual ceremony? Oh
2: God, it was so funny. You know, they made us record. Um, well, I had to record the acceptance speech as though I had already accepted it. And, you so know, you've done it. Was just, yeah, well, you know, everyone who um, my, I got nominated in the writing category and um, you know, I'm sitting in my bedroom prepared a cool wig for it. And, uh, and then just as I was trying to, uh, you know, it was a 30 second speech that I have to nail perfectly. Uh, I'm like, you know, sitting there with my, my partner. Who's like, okay, come on, do it with passion. Like really imagine that you've got it. I'm like, there's a crowd in front of you and it's like, Oh yeah. Okay. But really it's so weird. Here, here I am. I'm, I'm in my bedroom. I don't know if I've gotten it. I have to pretend like I've gotten it cause it will be aired on TV in that way. So um, it's just, it's so, it's so weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, such an interesting acting exercise for a lot of people who are not actors. No,
2: no and it, it totally, and it was really funny because um, my hair stylist, who's sitting there, he's like, remember the day that your son was born? And I suddenly was like, oh my God, I started crying. And then I'm like, wait, that's way too much. <laughs> Hold <laughs> on. <laughs> this, well, this is not that. So um, oh. yeah, it took, it took many a take. And then that, uh, yeah. There you I go. can't wait
0: to see it. And I, I am confident that uh, that we will. Agreed.
2: I'm already embarrassed, so there's that.
0: <laughs> that's great, but you get multiple takes. That's a good thing.
2: Right. Well, there you go. You don't have your one uh, walking up onto the stage weird experience, but so.
0: Yeah. Well, that's very, very next year. Congratulations. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Now, how did you guys come to find the movie or discover it? With all there is on Netflix, the uh, eternal, infinite sight of... All things internet, streaming. Honestly,
0: word of mouth.
2: Oh, I had cool. like
0: six people in one week tell me that I needed to see it.
2: Wow.
0: And I had and heard th- about it. I think I got like an email about it, like a, a PR email about it. And then just everybody at once was like, watch it, watch it tonight. And I did. <laughs> and, and are, are you so guys right.
2: um, LA sort of native or based here for a long time?
0: Yep. Yeah, we both, both are. We're not cool. native. i am coming like, up on twenty years. Yes. Oh,
2: okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those stores that I I hear people say, you know, it was like a fixture and then, um, they didn't quite know about it. I mean, obviously most 99.9% of gay men knew, knew about it very, very, very well. And I had many a story to tell And everyone else was like, Oh yeah, that store. It's so crazy. Like I would get cigarettes there or something random. Um, and then be like, wow. And then, you know, they find out more but um yeah the, the the true backstory now is is what the world is aware of that you know they never were before so
0: yeah i really when i first moved to la and spent a decent amount of my single years on that strip in west hollywood really just thought uh what was sold there was books <laughs> <laughs> which i mean you know is the, some of it
2: yeah there were books i mean the, the sort of uh the the hidden secret is there really were books in the store (laughs) (laughs) and and, um, actually in the eighties, back when bookstores were a thing, it it was a, it was a viable bookstore. I mean, it sold really amazing um, gay and lesbian and, you know, even trans books, uh, things that were not as readily available, but they had a lot of books. And then, you know, as, as bookstores became a, a relic of the past, you know, the store followed and then by the very end, it was sort of like this ad hoc thrift store um, with the, it, the, the, the adult section was never not thriving as a section. So, um, you know, people still buy DVDs to this day. Um, there are porn catalogs that people, you know, shop from. So there's sort of a, a weird market that will. I wonder if it'll never disappear for uh, for DVDs and VHS. Um, but so that's what the store kind of survived on. The last gasps of the store were people who yeah. still and of course needed their poppers. You know the amyl nitrate sure. inhalants. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. The VCR cleaners. Right. Sure. My
2: mom always said that she just assumed that the uh, the customers had extraordinarily clean VHS machines.
0: Well I, I mean you like, have to keep those sure. things very <laughs> dormant, or they don't work. You have to, to keep vials. them because they're such yeah. regular customers
1: renting <laughs> right. videos yeah, they have to yeah. just keep the machinery right, up to right. snuff.
2: Yeah. She's just picturing them obsessively cleaning them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Are people still so, doing poppers?
2: Oh yeah. That anyone's
1: aware of is it? it's still for not. sure.
2: They're called aromas. <laughs>
0: Aromas? Um, I didn't know yeah. that how yeah, enchanting
2: aromas yeah or they are called video head cleaner <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow
2: cuz you Unreal. know you do have to clean your video head
1: cassette you must sure.
0: yeah <laughs> so what is in uh your vcr at the moment <laughs> what what have you been watching during oh my lockdown?
2: god what if well my vcr of streaming things well i just watched yeah. Gosh, it's so crazy. Every time I want to see something, it's like, oh no, you have to click here and sign up for Showtime or Stars. or yeah. this. So I I signed up for the thirty day, um, uh, what is it, free trial. Maybe I'll have to stick to Showtime because there was this great, really tragic series about. Um, but it's not so tragic because it worked out well. I sh- oh, I'm spoiling it. Um, sorry this this guy who was a high a high school um star athlete on the football. Uh, Team in Texas got accused of like the most awful child molestation and the whole sort of criminal justice system like converged in this terrible way to just convict him blindly and it was a really insane story but the it was a it was like a five-part series and it's called outcry and it you know I think Hmm. I'm really obsessed with doc series lately and I just feel like there, it's sort of a renaissance because, you know, you finish a documentary and you're like, well, I kind of want to know more, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it used to be that that was it. You got your one doc and now, you know, there's so many great series. So that one outcry was just phenomenal. And um, it's, it really goes in great de- depth on how any of us really at the end, you're just, wow. Any of us could be accused of something insane. And if just, you know, you get a bad lawyer, the cards fall in the worst way possible, you know, it's just sort of a, a scary thought that the criminal justice system can completely fail, as we know. Um, so this this was a great uh, doc about that. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, of course, I watched all the other doc series of COVID, uh, the COVID binge-a-thon of, you know, like sure. Tiger King. And,
0: of course. Um, sure.
2: And then what else? My competitors, you know, uh, Don't, Fuck, Don't Fuck With Cats, uh, which I love. Did you see that one?
0: Not so scared. scared.
2: Oh, it's scary, but you know, I'm I'm I, I love to say that that's my competitor. <laughs> I'm competing with such great movies, uh, but yeah, in, in the writing uh, documentary writing space, the Beastie Boys and um, mm-hmm. that doc Don't Fuck with Cats um, uh-huh. is competing against Circus of Books. How amazing! Ooh. Yeah, so you
1: got it, you got it, you got it. Yeah, good luck to those fools. What, <laughs> what about the oh, vow course- on HBO? Oh. Have You caught any of that?
2: Oh my God. The Nexium story. Yes. I'm totally obsessed. Well, I listened to the podcast about that too a, a year yeah. ago. Did you hear that?
1: Yes. So wow. good. And yeah. I, the, the, I would say this is a great companion piece if you listened. Cause I I kind of felt like, what else, Colty. what else is there to know? Oh um my God. But, yeah. Uh Sarah, who was the main like yeah. character of the right. she she is heavily featured in this, but there's yeah. there's a lot, there's so much more to it.
2: No, you know, it's fascinating when you, um, I'm, I'm really obsessed with cults and I just find that the way these sort of charismatic leaders just always do the same fucking thing. It's like amazing. And then there's always like, uh, this, it's so weird. These sort of like gullible, but brilliant and smart people that mm-hmm. like join. And yet you're like, wow, it's so interesting. Cause they're smart uh, people obviously who are seeking something and everybody wants that. And of course anyone, I, all of us could, you know, find they're they're giving this beautiful message, which is a pretty like Buddhist message in some way at the core of it, I think. So it's just sort of like, I feel like in, in a lot of these, uh, cults, they, they have this refined, um, meditation message, but basically, but it's presented in this packaging. Um, but then it goes to that extreme where, you know, these women are getting branded in this secret, like, sex cult around you know there's always the sex cult with so the, the the, up, yeah. the leader <laughs> I'm like wow interesting <laughs> this man gets 12 women who like are at his beck and call uh, it's it's a it, it always ends up in that kind of um you know tradition the
1: tradition sure have you had any personal run-ins with you know brushes with cults in your own life
2: I mean, you know, living in LA, I have many friends that have been in many, uh, you know, cults and some things, you know, people still don't call cults, but I would say so. So yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely, Um, you know, and then there's variations of like a lot of just, um, you know, recovery groups that you know, I think veer into that space, but are also really like not culty or, or it's just a fine line. You wonder like, well, what is a cult? And what's not? And then also just basic religion. You know, I was brought up Jewish and I'm like, okay, so where's that division and line? like our, our theology is just more ancient, but it's kind of a cult. Um So, but yeah, I mean, at the same time, you know, my mom calls me every single year to make sure I'm going to services on Yom Kippur. And I usually have, an excuse, but I, you know, when you're Jewish, you, you're, you're, you're raised in the religion. um, But you know, whether or not you want to, uh, practice it, you'll still be shepherded into the ovens. You know, if the Nazis come for us, that's sort of like what the Jews always like, we're always raised with. So like, you're you're never not Jewish is the thing. So I guess in a way, way you're like, um, you're it's, it's not necessarily, uh, even about your thought process, in um, the religion I was brought up
0: with. Right, right. Did you know anyone in that Andrew <laughs> Keegan cult? I'm fascinated by the Andrew Keegan cult.
2: No, but I'm going to write that down right now or, or look it up. Who is the Andrew? Yeah. What is the Andrew Keegan cult? I forget Keegan what it's called. Cult?
0: So Andrew Keegan was like a child actor. Um, oh, he was in wow. 10 Things I Hate About You. I think he was in Party of Five. Okay. And he bought some. he bought a building in Venice and opened this like self improvement sort of workshoppy thing that I think became a cult sort okay. of quickly or a church. Um, and I don't, I, I, I haven't heard about them veering off into like sex cult status or doomsday cult status. <laughs> but I, but again, I, I've, 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 yeah, I've, I'm, I'm the yeah, I haven't looked cults. him up in a minute, but yeah, no,
2: that. But I'm fascinated you know by funny? that. Yeah. Well, looking him up, he's like my vintage, I would say. And I did grow, I mean, I went to school, I'm from LA. So I went to school with a number of like child actors and the kids that, um, that were in my scene of, you know, I had a friend who, um, was in the, her, her parents were what were called Jews for Jesus. And, uh, my uh-huh. mom thought that was, that was a cult. <laughs> mm, <laughs> I don't sure. know if that was, is a cult, but, uh, so there, you know, there's all this, the fringy Hollywood religions that, um, plenty of my friends' parents were but I had a lot of friends who had hippie parents. Um and then yeah, there were actually uh, my partner's ex was brought up in a cult that was a full on like sex cult type things. I'm wow. sure that was yeah, so so I you know, there's sort of the fringe cults that, you know, were were um a thing of the sixties and seventies in California that definitely a lot of the kids that I know sort of had uh ties
1: to sure you by the way understand. i don't think there is a doc about the andrew keegan cult. am i wrong
2: well there you go yep. I, that's I why mean, i'm googling uh, yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> okay right. is it called so, the andrew keegan cult
0: i forget exactly oh, it No, it it's had like some sort something of circle or circle kind something. of name right yeah. wow yeah it sounds like a startup a um, startup cult <laughs> oh, yes so a couple quick things um while you're still on your showtime free trial have you watched the go-go's documentary
2: Oh no but there're another Rachel one I Mason, have to get watch. Into it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, do they fantastic. you know that that's so amazing about I'm going to write that down. Um I saw it pop up. Um uh Belinda I met Belinda Carlisle because she is in PFLAG. She's a big um PFLAG sure. member because her son uh, is gay and so we were walking in PFLAG. Actually, it's in the film you can sort of see a little M- moment where Belinda Carlisle and her son are in the walking there. It's a little hidden secret gem, but uh, with, you know, marching in that crowd. And um, she told me right then and there, while I was filming that um, she and the band X, you know, John Doe and Xeene Cervenka, they, they all hung out in the building above Circus of Books. And that song, uh, there's an X song that is based on the store. And uh, you know, so th- they kind of like, you know, cut their teeth, in the Circus of Bookstore, which is really weird. So there's a tie. That
0: is wild. Yeah. There is so much stuff in the Go Go's documentary about that scene, about that punk oh, cool. scene of the of the right. mid to late seventies on the Strip, oh, and all awesome. these like all these kids from Thousand Oaks or whatever coming down and wearing a trash <laughs> right. bag, and the it's valley. Great yeah
2: that's so funny right because that's so that was sort of my experience weird I mean even though I grew up near the store I went to high school in Cleveland high school in Reseda which is in the valley and uh, my friends would make a special mecca you know a trip all the way to the store and um you know the valley kids had this like you know holy reverence for it that I you know I didn't because I was of course near there but uh it was it was such a thing, you know. It feels like that, like New Jersey to New York kind of experience mm-hmm. of the Valley to LA. For
0: sure, for sure. Also, on the uh, on the Tiger King subject,
1: okay. we are recording
0: this oh. on um, an historic day—the day that oh. we found out that this season of Dancing with the Stars will feature Carol oh, Baskin. I just. What?
2: Do you know yeah. it's so funny? I just saw that because right before I was clicking on here, I was following you guys on Twitter. I was like, Click, and then it popped up, and I thought, okay, well, no, it's so interesting how um, you know documentary stars, I suppose you can call them. I don't know, like they're the new celebrities of the, of Kinda, the moment, yeah. and and um, yeah, it's so weird because in a strange way, I feel a little guilty that I've like thrust my parents into the spotlight, and I think my mom is the only person in Los Angeles that does not want to be famous <laughs> so she goes to the store with all her masks and everything well at least not for owning the store um and she's like you know even with my mask on i've had people come up to me and like you know and i my dad enjoys it he's he he can stand that he enjoys everything though so there's nothing that he doesn't pretty much enjoy in life you know he should write mm-hmm. a um a rules to happiness book i think
1: yeah <laughs> So we'll Yeah get they him. should probably we'll, prepare for yeah next season of Dancing with the yeah, Stars. Absolutely.
0: We'll get them tell them <laughs> oh to, to limber up.
2: I don't know if I want to see that. It sounds frightening, yeah. but
0: <laughs> Yeah. But we got Carol Baskin, we got uh Chrishell from Selling Sunset. Um oh, Wow That's it's, very, it's very Netflixy. We got Nelly.
2: Oh my god, they should okay. ask my parents. <laughs> they should ask your parents. They should ask your parents. Tell the show up runners.
0: <laughs> we got plenty of time. Oh my time.
2: God! that would be insane wow what are
0: you uh what are you listening to right now what's your what's your music situation?
2: Oh gosh, you know it's so funny. I think during covid because i I'm prone to sort of like a low level constant anxiety i I've been sure. um you know i I kind of listen to different uh things that my friend like I have a lot of musician friends, so I'll just like find you know things my friends have sent me very obscure totally off of the mainstream but um then I'll listen to uh sort of to calm myself down like piano music like Chopin mm. and um Scriabin like obscure uh-huh. piano uh WC. so that's been my COVID listening is uh total weird indie people and then like you know Victorian piano music.
0: <laughs> oh, these are these are fine, sensible choices. Are there any good weird indie people we should know about?
2: Oh my god, gosh! You know, right as you said, that, I would. I, there's so many um, great artists that let me let me think right off the bat. check oh, yeah, that you phone. Know, okay, I have a friend who's so awesome, but he's also fun to follow on Instagram because he um, his name is uh, Dorian Wood, and Dorian what Wood. I love about he's he's sort of like a throwback to this sort of like. I don't know if the word is like contralto like he's a latin singing um sort of diva he's just this very fantastic fabulous diva but um he basically is always taking, um, nude photos of himself. Um, and he, he's a super uh, fat and proud and that's sort of his, Mm. his like voluptuousness is part of his, uh, Instagram. and, And he's always making these really funny photos, uh, with his voluptuous body. And, um, so his name's Dorian Wood, but he's just an amazing, uh, musician, um, I have another friend who's also kind of interesting because he's in the realm of avant-garde weirdos um, and his name is M Lamar and he happens to be, I kid you not, for Hollywood people, find, I only found out randomly, but he's the identical twin of Laverne Cox, who is, you know, oh, right. from wow. Yeah, nobody knows she has an identical twin brother. He, um, I
1: think, did appear in Orange, yeah. in that, like flashbacks of her yeah. story. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And his music is so out there. I love it. It's very much like Diamanda Gallas, but um, weirder and more dark. And um, and uh, so I used to play shows with him because my background before making Circus Books was I, I was a fellow weirdo musician, avant-garde artist. And you can find my stuff on uh, Spotify as well. I, I wrote the end credit song for the film um, and uh, I'm proud of it. And You know, so, so I played a, I would play shows with M Lamar all the time and actually Dorian would too. That's sort of how I meet all the artists that I know is I would be performing with them. So, um, yeah. And, and then one day I, um, I went to one of his art exhibitions and, and, uh, And then I saw him standing next to this woman that looked just like him. And I was like, this is so weird. You guys look alike. And I feel like I've seen you before, but this was like right before orange is the new black was like really big. And then he didn't exactly introduce his sister to me properly. Like, well, yes, this is my identical twin. That's why we look alike. And she's Laverne Cox. But then, um, like a week or two later, I read an article that was talking about her role in the film and that, you know, he's a twin. And I was like, what? And I, I messaged him. I was like, you didn't tell me you actually have a twin and that your twin is like super famous. And she's Laverne Cox. It was just so strange. But, um, you know, twins, they're, they're, uh, they're a unique, they're a unique bunch of people, I guess. Um, some are very like in sync and the two of them couldn't be more different. Um,
0: Mm, right. So. I love it. Where would you perform when you were doing your, Oh, well, I, you know, I
2: often, yeah. So, well, like here in LA, I performed at the LACMA. I've performed at, um, you know, kind of galleries and, and then also just clubs, you know, Zebulon, fun, fun venues that, you know, uh, that one performs at. In fact, there was a, um, this guy who does like a midnight show here in LA. I just was on Twitter and I noticed that you guys follow him and he does a lot of stuff with comedians and that, as soon as I got to it, I, I it sounds like the Three Penny Opera or something, but it's not quite that. But it um, so just like places where like you know weirdos collide. Actually, I have a friend yeah. who maybe intersects in that world. Her name is Jibs Cameron. Dynasty handbag. She has a weirdo night. Um, so like you know in the intersection of artists, musicians, and um, you know comedians, I suppose. Occasionally there'd yeah. be a, a comic who I would discover was on a bill that i'd be on so you know and then in new york i lived in new york for 10 years so i i performed at all the little venues out there too so
0: yeah i think i think the reason that i asked that is that i just wanted to hear the names of venues i haven't been to a oh, show in like six months and i'm jonesing oh, very hard for it you it's comforting know. to hear all those names, isn't it? you yeah, know it's just like it's, the world is normal
2: Oh god, it's so sad when you think of what yeah, it feels like a different time, you're right. No, and all the like um yeah, exactly. It's it's hard to believe we haven't been out and going to see shows in I know. The past. six months. I like and oh, will
1: those places survive? Will they be will know, they be here when we come god. out? Oh god.
2: No, and even like lame band drama, now I feel nostalgic for it because I remember um the last show I was at, I was so annoyed because like the You know, typical things that always happen. Like I was supposed to go on at ten, but the other band wanted to go on at nine and now I'm on at two AM. How did that happen? I remember the last show I played, I was like, What? This sucks. But now I'm like, Oh, I have a nostalgia for that.
0: Same. (laughs) Same. I long to like be annoyed looking for parking in Hollywood.
2: Right. (laughs) So did you guys um, trying to find a space
0: at the M bar?
2: Oh yeah. Well well yeah. Um, have you have you pl- have you perform or I don't know when you're uh, in the comedian route, do you call it playing or performing? So do you
0: play yeah. a show? You know, this is really a stand-up. We'll do like uncabaret-y oh, okay. kind of things occasionally. Oh, okay. But no, but no, since lockdown, no. Oh. Um no. I'm gonna watch I, I, a stand-up show tonight. Aaron Foley's
1: uh, is a great comedian. She hosts a um like all queer stand-up show once a month. And this is their first time doing it in COVID and our friend Bruce Daniels is performing. So I'm going to watch oh. tonight. So oh, I'll awesome. let you know how it goes.
2: No, it's, it's, I'm so glad people are trying to come up with stuff to do on the internet, even though it's weird, but actually I have a friend who's amazing. And maybe you've heard of her. Her name is Selene Luna. Oh she yes. Is, yeah. She is so great. Um, and so she's a f- actually a very good friend of my partner, whose name is Buck Angel. He's also sort of well-known in the uh-huh. kind of, um, activism space. Um, and so she is continuing to do her th- thing, I, I think here and there online on it, but, but also just Instagram. I'm like, all of these people are kind of, you know, ripping it up on Instagram and I get, her posts are just hilarious. So, yeah. um, you know, I feel like in a strange way, you know, I've been relying on the comedians to take over social media and just (laughs) like heal and keep, keep putting stuff in. Yeah, seriously. Like that's the best thing ever. I I only want to see stuff that's funny on, on social media, everything else
0: can't handle. (laughs) All kinds of funky avant-garde comedy is springing up on Instagram and TikTok and shit like that now. And it's like, I think it's, it's when you, um, when you remove the expectation of laughter you can take it to weirder places, I guess. Totally. You know, like if you were on stage, you might you would get insecure if you were doing weird stuff and the crowd wasn't laughing. But if you're just talking into your phone and you're getting no oh response, it's like, okay, that's it Yeah, you, I don't know, it makes you more experimental, maybe.
2: Yeah, I think you're totally right because there's actually I'm still somebody, too insecure to do it. Oh my god, but there's somebody that I just discovered who is killing it, and it's it's stuff that would only work for instagram and i I have to find him because you know it's basically like um you know if you can nail the instagram space it's it's the it's the best um let me see if I can find this guy, oh my god, all right are, well Matt
0: are you like in your head do you have your three finalists <laughs> of who Rachel might be talking about
2: oh yeah, who might uh, I be talking about
0: let me see no, I just saw uh, something
2: in Flaunt Magazine, no. I think, about him. Okay, let me okay. see. I, I yep. know I will find yep. it. As yep. soon as I find yep. it, we can Dave keep... Dave knows who yep. it
0: is. Yeah, I do. It's Jordan Firstman. Who oh, is it, Dave? Jordan
2: Firstman! That's exactly it. This guy. And I... Yep. He... Oh, my God. It's like he does these impressions. Like, the one that I love yeah. most is, like, impression of the, of the woman who writes the Dr. Bonner's uh you know um you know that soap where it's like yeah, yeah. it's great and da, 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 and Jesus saves me with this soap and he just does this amazing impression of the woman his imagining of her doing like five lines of coke and like freaking out like okay yeah. you got this girl come on
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. Um,
2: yeah but it could only work on instagram and it, right. it is in that weird vacuum space. So you have
1: yeah. to you have to roll with it. Yeah. And I do you hear there. a lot of comedians joking about like the death of stand up that it was sort of like mm-hmm. we were already headed that direction and now covid is sort of the final nail in the coffin <sighs> since everyone's having to adapt. But I have this like maybe it's a naive hope that the pendulum will swing the other way when we come out of this that we will be so hungry for in-person interactions that oh like God. there will be this more like a return to live experiences.
2: I just had this realization the other day. Cause I was thinking about like, what's the party going to be like post COVID when it's like, okay, everybody Ooh. done. I mean, it's going to be, I think people are going to die. They're going to go insane and like yeah. over, and it's just going to be like out blasting insanity. Like, fireworks, cocaine, it's going to be so crazy and, and just who knows what, but you know, it'll be fun. So
0: yeah, (laughs) if Trump gets decisively (laughs) defeated at around that time, I, it's just going to be carnival. Yeah, there will be, uh, yeah,
2: yeah. It'll be just a bang out like crazy. Uh, I just remembered another um, comic, although it's really funny because I have a strange backstory with him. Uh, Do you know this guy, Brent Weinbach? Yes. Oh yes. Uh, Yeah. Do you know what's so funny? Um, I did a, He invited me on a podcast recently that he's doing, and the thing that's really funny about it is that he and I went to elementary school together. So my actual last recollection of him, literally in my mind's eye, was him as like a, a little scrawny nerdy eight year old that played oh my with God. my younger brother. And I'm just like, wow, why do I know that name? Brett?" Oh my God. I remember going to his house. No. So it's very weird. And, and, um, and I think he's kind of in that funny, like super weirdo space of comedy, right? Like yeah. Where I, I haven't really followed what he's doing, um, but I saw a few things and, and he does these great videos that are just totally fucked up and and gray and weird.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Did he have uh, memories of you as a, like what were his memories of little Rachel?
2: Um, you know, it's so funny because we were both so. So he, well, we, we we equally remembered that neither of us were like all that memorable, and it was this <laughs> mutual friend of ours. We 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 went to these par- parties of um, the Morgans, who are kind of like a storied, legendary, circusy family in Laurel Canyon, and their kids just, they, they had the coolest parents. So, you know, I didn't have cool parents. That's the irony of it all is that my parents were not cool and not interesting and totally boring people. And I had friends who's, so the Morgans, their dad was, um, a stunt man and the mom was an Mm. artist and they had this like castle house and with like all these animals. And so they would invite the kids over. And I remember going to their house. And so Brent and, and, and me were like mutual, um, friends of the Morgans, and so I, I, you know, I don't know that he remembered me, uh, or I remembered him all that well, except, uh, you know, I, I truthfully remember him being really nerdy, and, but, you know, that was the 80s, when, like, uh, nerdy kids was, like, that, you know, a thing, and and my yeah. older brother was a, a total nerd kid, too, so um, we just had these friends with really cool parents that had, like, a trampoline, and an ostrich,
0: wow. so uh,
2: we had a, a memory of that, mutual experience and it sounds like he had uh way more interesting parents than mine although i guess you know now i made a documentary about mine so i can't yeah say that you anymore.
0: win your parents are plenty interesting <laughs> so you are in a relationship with buck angel
2: yeah do you, so do you guys know him or you're aware yes. of him oh, of, yeah. of course awesome. he'd yeah. be a great guest for the show too that's right because it's called homophilia I um, agreed. Yeah. no and he's oh my god this is like speaking of covid insanity and the internet and being trans, (laughs) Buck is like the guy that, uh, it seems to be at the center of every, uh, debate in that space. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I hear, I hear, I hear the screaming off to the side, you know, wow. Like, you know, I don't know if things have just spun out of control or like the dialogue has reached some sort of tipping point fever pitch because everyone is cooped up and there's so much, uh, internet, dialogue that there never was like in that space that um there it feels like a a bit of a hysteria but of course i i hear the side of things that is uh you know coming from from buck's office and he's very passionate so you know basically there's like there's dialogue about biology and things i'm like oh yeah i guess we're like debating that now okay Mm
1: -hmm.
2: what's the next big debate um you know so he has a lot to say about all of these really giant topics and um you know i'm a i'm a listener i would say and i i I tend not to participate so much but i i really am fascinated by i guess in a way it feels like what's happening in the trans space right now is that it's like an emergence of a whole new um you you could almost imagine like a new species is appearing with like uh things to discuss that center around just a whole new um it's, it's bigger than an identity it's like actual physical bodily issues that I think, you know, as a society, like millions of years of civilization has not yet um, wrapped its head around because like switching genders is such a giant thing. And it it was always done in a kind of um, very secret or like, you know, a territory that was in layers of obscurity in, in our culture. And now there's like, you know, a, a space carved out for trans people to discuss their issues. So it's really mm-hmm. fascinating.
0: And, and they are, you know, there is business to be done. I guess there's money to be made um, oh, yeah. going on speaking tours and saying, eh, trans people don't exist. So like, you know, oh, so yeah. trans people are, are well, literally having right. to argue their very existence. Well, Publicly. that's,
2: yeah, and that's what's so fascinating. And and what I find interesting, though, is that I, I'm, I overhear, like, the deep, deep, deep level conversations that are, like, micro fights that, that seem huge in the trans space, that are things that probably you're not even, like, aware of. Like, within the trans community, there's, like, major fights over, like, Buck loves the word transsexual, for instance, and that word is, like, deeply offensive to some people, but for him it's, like, deeply meaningful, and so... There's things within just the language that are still being um, carved out. And, uh, you know, and then suddenly there will be rules that that he feels beholden to uh, ascribe to because the trans community at large has said, "Okay, well, these are the rules you have to use. And he'll be like, well, fuck that. Like he's punk rock. He comes from the world of like no rules. Like I had had no community and I had to create my own space. And uh, so don't tell me what to do. And so, you know, I think that's what happens in the internet moment right now is everybody, especially in this like like politically correct moment, well, you have to use this language if you're going to speak about this. And uh, in a strange way, it's offensive to all the original counterculturalists who are like, well, no, I'm not about, you know, uh, being censored by anybody. Mm. But, you know, I will say being with Buck has opened my eyes on – a bigger level towards the porn industry because, you know, his actual background is as a porn star. So funny enough for me, it's like, I was always sort of peripheral to the porn world and, you know, a a bystander and a kind of, um, you know, I amused amused observer and I have a nostalgia for all things, gay porn. And I just love it in this sort of like historian kind of level. And then being with Buck, I've actually met all these true porn stars who are the actual um you know front of camera people whereas i always knew the back of camera you know producers and distributors and the people in the world of it um like my parents colleagues but um you know i see what people go through on the other side and just how you know even when you were filling out the covid relief form you know they actually explicitly say this Uh, this relief is ineligible to anyone who works in the sex industry. It was like a, you know, I'm sure Mike Pence like drafted that line and you know, it it was so blatant discrimination because you know, here he is, he pays taxes. Like why is that like, really, it's like fascinating. Like why is that one industry just completely like blatant discrimination? It's it's a completely allowed form of discrimination. Um, And I understand that it might be because you know, prostitution is what people sort of associate it with. And you could say that's illegal, but, uh, porn certainly is not illegal. It's just not. And people pay taxes. So, you know, it's a, it's a very strange thing that you operate in this realm of like, it's illegal, but it's not really allowed
0: Mm,
2: kind of territory.
1: How did you two meet?
2: Well, so we met because um, I had written a, or I had, a friend of mine had actually put together a cool little zine about Circus of Books, and um, and it's actually for sale now at Shishi Larue's, which is the store that took over Circus of Books in West Hollywood. Um, so, which is in in a way a higher end Circus of Books mm. now. It's it's really great. Shishi Larue is a uh, famous gay porn legend uh, producer. So. Um, Uh, I was just thinking of people that might have something interesting to contribute to this book. And then I started uh, following Buck on Instagram. And I was like, wow, this guy, you know, of course I know Buck Angel. I didn't realize, you know, there's plenty of porn stars that don't have interesting Instagram accounts or or, are articulate. So I was like, wow, he's so interesting. And his posts are amazing. In fact, definitely follow him on Instagram. Like he writes these really beautiful biographical um, posts and, uh, so I wrote to him and I said, hey, would you by any chance want to contribute something to a book that I'm doing about Circus of Books? And the film hadn't yet come out or anything. And he immediately sent me the most beautiful um, prose. It was like a, a really amazing little statement about what the store meant. And as somebody who needed to find you know, people like himself, and this was back in the 80s and 90s when there was truly nowhere to go, the Circus of Books really was that one place. And so he wrote this great uh, piece. And I included it. And then when the film premiered at Outfest, I invited him to the premiere. I said, hey, you should come. And I sent him a ticket. And then as it turned out, we just ended up going together and taking red carpet photos and in a weird way, it was like one of those things where it felt like those photos predicted our relationship. Like hmm. everybody assumed like, Oh my God, are you guys together? And I'm looking at those photos too. And I'm like, even now it looks like we have been a couple forever. And, but it really wasn't. We met that night and um, you know, just had a really great time. And then that was how we met. So yeah, because of the circus of books, as crazy as that sounds. <laughs> oh, that
0: <laughs> it's a pretty sounds- good me cute Exactly right. Um, are you living together now?
2: Yeah, totally. Okay. We this is our, our COVID test. Oh my God. You know, if there's a test of a relationship, I think it is this right now. So yeah, we moved into a a, a house and it's like, you know, really amazing. And and I have a uh I have a kid. Um he's eight and uh, Buck is like amazing with him. So he's better than me. I, I'm like I, I know nothing about raising a kid. <laughs> it's, it was, you know, but I, I, I have figured it out along the way. And so, um, you know, I'm just always like, oh yeah, you have to like tell him to clean his room and now he's doing it. <laughs> he listens to Buck um, more than me.
1: <laughs> after you do the, um, Andrew Keegan cult documentary, I okay. think I might need a documentary just about your household and you and Buck. Raising <laughs> uh,
2: well, it was really funny when I, uh, When I brought Buck home, you know, um, I actually had a funny, uh, yeah, that's true. There definitely could be another doc just about us, but, um, John Waters did a really great, uh, um, he does this like Christmas special. Do you know about it? He, he does sort of every year, I guess he does a Christmas tour. So, um, he became a huge fan of the circus of books and documentary and watched it at P town. And then I was in touch with him and he said, Oh, you know, I'm doing something at the comedy store. Uh, you should come. So I said, oh, well, that's so great. Um, Can I get a plus one? And he was like, sure. And I said, I want to invite my date, uh, Buck Angel. And and John had actually had in his comedy routine, an actual Buck Angel joke. He was just joking, you know, because he's similar to Buck. He's like sort of annoyed with the like LGBT rules of communication because of course John came from the original camp counterculture weirdo you know we're gay is just to be an outcast freak so he was like fuck all these rules that GLAD has you know I'm gonna create a whole um spin-off show with like all of my most fucked up you know trans combinations and, it's, and he was sort of like rattling things off and he's like I'm gonna have Caitlyn Jenner play Buck Angel <laughs> and things like that and, and we're I was sitting next to Buck in the crowd and I'm like what I didn't know he actually had a joke about you and then um, soon afterwards, I, I had brought Buck to uh, Shabbat dinner, which you do when you're Jewish. Sometimes if your parents are, my mom is all about it. So um, it was so funny because my mom's mother, my grandma, who's very conservative, is, was there at, and she just said, you know, grandma's going to be here. So, you know, don't let's don't bring up anything related to business in front of Buck because you know, grandma doesn't know that he's in the industry, too. So. I'm sitting there and you know it was a very nice conversation and halfway through there's a lull and then my mom of course is like but did you receive any emails from this one company that are, they're saying that they're running low on these pills from china and i've been and then i saw that the you know that fda is getting involved and suddenly buck is like oh karen i thought we weren't going to talk about business <laughs> at the family table <laughs> she just couldn't help herself so she outed him
0: because being in oh, the man. porn
2: the porn business
0: but it's all worked out.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's actually great because, you know, my parents sort of reveal things when, when I'm not the one asking the questions. So, you know, that's, I'm able to find out way more juicy, interesting tidbits, uh, which is what I love, you know, by having Buck be the one talking to them about stuff. So
1: it's great. Yeah.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Rachel, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, Totally! I'm so excited for you and and big big congrats on the nomination we thank will be you. watching
0: you win yeah yeah <laughs> Awesome! can't wait to see what you wear i love okay. it rachel it's you are great
2: hair. <laughs> it is thank you, you or the wig do. you had
0: a bunch of wigs right
2: well i had one or did you go with the natural know. hair Oh, well, no, my hair looks like shit right now. So I'm doing, um, I, I, I'm just going to be a drag queen. I realize that's going to be my, my future. If I have to do more award shows, that's, you know, they, they know where it's at. You prepare the wigs in advance. Boom. It's all set.
1: That's what all the stars do. Yeah. So so. cool. Uh, Well, we will, we'll hopefully see you at the, uh, the post COVID, um, party where we all, you know, (laughs) yes, yes, make a lot of mistakes
2: where who knows what happens. Right. okay yeah.
1: will what happens in the
2: post-covid party stays <laughs> <laughs>
0: cool. thank you so much right. yeah, we will thanks, see you guys. there okay Rachel, you you rule. Bye. well matt we've come to the end of another episode Dave, 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 Dave. Dave, 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 thank you for being here with me, giving thank me you, a
1: reason to live. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts with five stars only, mm-hmm. of course. Thank you to Renee Colvert with a T, mm-hmm. our, our producer. Thank you to Ryan Connor, our engineer. Thank you to
0: everybody at Earwolf. Uh-huh. Um, thank you, Ben Wise, for the music. Yes. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, Tell a friend. Leave a review. We love you.